James with the steal, throws it up. Davis back up, and this time able to finish. LeBron James, dominant as ever in his 10th trip to the finals. James goes inside and throws it down. The three-time champion. James is going to try a long three-pointer, knocks it down. Using all his talents on the team he took his talents to back in 2010, Oof. the Miami Heat. The- I'm, I'm watching the highlights as they talk about it on ABC. The Lakers dismantled the Heat last night, and LeBron looks as good as he's ever been. He's 35 years old. His 10th finals. Wow, that's something. One of his teammates was asked, what's something that people don't know about LeBron? He said he sleeps more than anybody I've ever met. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, That is interesting. He channels all his energies to the game. I remember hearing uh, uh, his old coach at the Heat when he was back at the Heat. And uh, he said, yeah, I told everybody, uh, yeah, drink lots of liquid and stay off your feet so we'll be ready for a game. I thought, that's the instruction? Drink lots of liquid and stay off your feet? Huh. Mm. I guess you're resting your, all, all the parts of your body. Stay off your feet. Okay. Yeah. The and NBA, he sleeps all the time. The NBA is dead to me, but I do think of uh, some of the great players of all time who never won championships. they got to look at that and think, what the heck? Ten finals? Yeah. yeah and, something. Uh, what, how many championships? Uh, it's dead to me. Never mind. <laughs> Quite a few. It's about to be one more, I think. Well, with Governor Gavin Mussolini's signature, California became the first state government in the country yesterday to adopt a law to study and develop proposals for potential, wait for it, reparations. If you don't live in California, you're thinking, why do I care? I meant to dig this up. Gavin Newsom, the the governor of California, he quoted one of your Romans or Greeks. So many Romans, so many Greeks. With some sort of, it's important you lead the way. And all of, so his whole point is, California is going to bring the rest of the country along with it. Yes. On things like reparations. Yes, you too can have disastrous taxes and budget and, and wildfires and, and outlawed cars and power. When it's windy enough, unless it's too windy, then no power. You too can have these pleasures. So many sanctuary cities. So many things that seemed impossible to me in my lifetime have happened. Yes. Some of them are fine. I didn't think there'd ever be gay marriage. There's gay marriage, and that's perfectly okay with me. Um, It seems silly now that there wasn't before. But things like driver's licenses for illegals, not a chance 20 years ago. That's an absurdity. Laughed at as an idea. Then it actually happened all over the country. This might be another one. Reparations for slavery. You're going to make... Currently living taxpayers pay for slavery somehow. How is that going to work? I've always thought is so undoable. And now the first time a state has gone this far, actually signed into law looking into it. It's beyond undoable. It's idiotic. And anybody with two brain cells to rub together knows it for reasons that I will go into. I believe I have believed this is just a sop to the activist left. You say, yes, we will absolutely study that. We will study it carefully. We'll have a committee of serious-faced people sit in a room. Yes, yes. Now, please stop bothering me with your insanity. So That's what it's always been, but now I'm starting to wonder. So is this a fair description of what reparations are supposed to be? The idea is that slavery damaged black people. In general. Just in sure, general. Yes, as a race. So much. F- continuing to today. Yeah, and and if I were to be honest and make their argument for them, 
Um, the uh, the Reconstruction era, Jim Crow laws, the uh, racism of the 20th century itself. Oh, yeah. And no yeah. doubt. No doubt about that. Well, no, Absolutely. Get no argument from me. Right. Um, but then, so white people who were the slave owners, even though the percentage of white people that were slave owners is not very large. Infinitesimal. Um, but white people, because they were part of the slave owning class, right. should pay currently, in the year 2020, black people for slavery. Yes. Shall I go through the I really ought to compile this and, and laminate it on a card so I always hand it to have it ready the the list of absurdities of this idea. It gets very complicated very fast. My favorite example is Barack Obama, whose parent whose mother's family, going way back, owned slaves. His mom his white mom from Kansas. Correct. Going way back, her family owned slaves. If you go back far enough, you know how a family tree looks. Um, and on his father's side, he was Kenyan. He'd never been in the U.S. prior to coming for a brief professorial uh, tour of duty. But I am going to pay reparations to Barack Obama. Well, I think it- I, the great great grandson of Irish immigrants who arrived on this shore, these shores penniless, begging for a job and saying. Uh, if they had any opinion on it at all, uh, slavery was like 75 years ago, and, and we were slaves to English landowners, so I don't know what you're talking about. This all seems so nonsensical years ago, but now that you're, they're actually teaching in the schools this crit- critical race theory idea that you know the entire society in our country is shot through with systemic racism— Everywhere you can't. And all white people are racist. Um, you know, so all white people are participating in it and always have. Yeah. It's easier to make the argument if you're going to believe that, if you're going to buy that load of horse horse dung that they're teaching in schools. Um, but if you buy that, then it it makes more sense. All white people have benefited from slavery and systemic racism for all these years, and all black people have suffered from it. So mm-hmm. you need a transfer of uh, of the money. Right. Big old transfer of wealth. No How matter much what. do you pay? I don't know. You have African immigrants, uh, black folks who have arrived from Africa during their lifetimes who, I, I don't have it in front of me, have s- significantly higher incomes and achievements than U.S.-born blacks. What do we do with them? I mean, they could come up with some incredibly elaborate formula. Boy, it would be, it'd be complicated. It would never, ever, ever get pass constitutional muster because it would be a tax on your skin color oof i mean let's bottom line it my friends how could you evade that conclusion if a white guy gets taxed no matter again their origin they might have arrived from africa or antarctica or or norway last week what do you do they get taxed what 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 occurs with hispanics and asians well right yeah, yeah. What about them? How about and everybody who's a mixture of all those things? Yeah, well, that's where it gets truly insane, like Barack Obama. But you could easily have a, a guy who has a gal who has, um, uh, and and again, this gets into the incredibly racist, the incredibly Hitler-esque. How many drops of blood do you have? Are you a quadroon? Are you a mulatto? Are you an octoroon? You got one eighth black blood. I mean, there are only few groups of people into that. They are nightmarish racists and the nightmarish racists of the left. But anyway, you got the descendant of uh, Chinese uh, railroad workers. Exploited, mistreated, underpaid, perhaps. It was damn near slavery in some situations. 
Uh, that guy marries a gal who's one quarter black, whatever that means, and uh, like three fifths Hispanic. And then way back in the day, there was some German guy who snuck into the hen house, and they've got a little Northern European blood. A German guy that snuck into the hen house. What are you, what are you gonna do with that? That's indelicate. Put on top of the fact that there have been trillions, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars already spent to try to elevate black America. Education, direct monetary grants, uh, urban renewal, uh, uh, enterprise zones, trillions of dollars. There have been trillions of dollars and and enormous amounts of time and energy uh, spent in making sure everybody has opportunities because these other so-called solutions are not solutions at all. They'd be a nightmare. We just need to stay the course and do our best as a country for all of our citizens. That's the only way forward. These other ways, they are suicidal. So that's a good uh, description of the uh, the problems with the reparations and what it is. How about the actual law that got signed? After watching last night's debate, said Gavin Newsom, this signing can't come too soon. He was referring to the Proud Boys stand back, stand <laughs> down, whatever that thing was. Stand and says, back and stand by. Will do. So because of that, we need to sign the reparations bill. Newsom, Mind if I lie down and stand by? <laughs> Newsom signed the Assembly Bill 3121 into law yesterday. The bill opens the door to the state paying reparations to black Californians, especially those who are descendants of slaves. It specifically calls out insurance coming companies. Existing law requests the regents of the University of California to assemble a, a colloquium of scholars. To I do dr- enjoy a good colloquium. To draft a research proposal to analyze the economic benefits of slavery that accrued to owners in the businesses, including insurance companies and their subsidiaries, that received those benefits, and to make recommendations to the legislature regarding those findings. That could take a while. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he's going to soak the insurance companies? Oh, good. Hey, average Californians who are desperate to get homeowners insurance right now and can't find it or can't find it at a rate you can afford. Yo, boy. Yeah. Wait till they're soaking all the insurance companies because a couple of centuries ago, under three name changes ago, one of the founders apparently had a slave or something. This isn't an idea. This is the law now in the biggest country in a a state in America. It calls for a nine-person task force that will make recommendations for how reparations could happen, whether through compensation or restitution. What's the difference? Um, The task force created by the bill will consist of five gubernatorial appointees and four people chosen by the state legislature. And they'll call the first meeting of the task force June 1st next year. There you go. Off and running on trying to figure out reparations. Yeah, so it will be an all-Democrat appointed task force. The two possibilities are, one, as usual, they talk and talk and meet and meet and make grand pronouncements about how seriously they're taking it. Then because of the utter, I mean, almost hilariously unworkable nature of the idea, it won't go anywhere. So it's just pandering to to the uh, that base. Um, the other possibility is they actually come up with, let's see, who does everybody like hate and not willing to stand up for? How about the insurance companies? Let's soak them. Let's just hit them with like a 2% of their profits and hand it out to a bunch of people. The problem with that, and, and the best book on this um, is The High Cost of Good Intentions. Um, what will happen is the uh, uh, Mexican uh, bracero workers or whatever 
or the the Chinese uh, railroad workers, the descendants of them will say, whoa, 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 hey, 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 we were exploited. People profited off of us. Union Pacific, uh, we got to carve out some of their profits for us. And then some other group, Swedish fishery workers who were underpaid from 1919 to 1923, will make a perfectly legitimate case that, you know, we're almost as exploited as them. And then it's just it's just the government taking money from Peter and giving it to Paul so they're sure of Paul's vote. It's the oldest thing in the world. If I, I, th- I thought if this ever got started, it would be in Mississippi or Alabama or somewhere where you could find some fairly direct connections. You could find some oldsters who were like, you know, three generations away from slavery. Right. And somebody who's three generations away from slave ownership and, you know, make a point. It's going to be a lot harder in California. But anyway, that's where it's starting. Well, and I have another giant caveat to this, but I'll hold it till after the break. Okay. Um, and then other things we need to get to. There's a, there's a number of big companies that are laying off a heck of a lot of people right now. Which is uh, troubling, obviously. Oh, and I predicted the NFL would not make it through week three. Mm, I'm not sure I'm going to be right, but uh, I might be. All that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I don't want to doom scroll. I don't want to doom scroll, or I don't want listening to this show to be doom scrolling. Buck up, young man. But when you got, it'll be fine. When you got Disney saying they're going to lay off twenty-eight thousand employees in California and Florida, you got uh, the airlines, American Airlines, fifty thousand pilots, flight attendants, counter agents, luggage handlers, etc., that are going to be furloughed. For load. Um, those are big numbers, man. That's a lot. And a bunch of other companies, some of which I won't mention, um, that are laying people off as this is lasting way longer than anybody thought it was going to. And you got another almost 900,000 people filing for help now that they're unemployed. 900,000 more than we had before as of today. Wow. Yeah. And Congress is sitting on their hands. Just a couple more quick notes on the uh, reparations thing. And uh, we got this note from Tom that check the wording of the reparations law. Uh, um, it goes to all blacks, even new immigrants who will also be paid. Um, I haven't checked the wording myself, but I will. A-, a couple more points about how incredibly unworkable this is. And one of the arguments, the whole systemic racism thing, the, one, the, the reason it's so handy if you want to bilk money out of somebody is that you can always find a rationale like and this is this is legit segregating segregated housing developments in say the 1940s 1950s even um the the white neighborhoods became more valuable than the black neighborhoods theoretically those people then sold their homes and had money for their kids their kids inherited money etc it built it built so the, the discrimination of the 20th century still has effects today the problem with that in practice though is what if i can prove my great-grandparents had nothing, or my grandparents that during that period had nothing, got nothing. Or even my great-great-great-great-great-grandpappy, Colonel Lingus, to cite the hilarious, if distasteful, Saturday Night Live bit, he was, a, he was an actual slave owner, dressed like Colonel Sanders. He had a big old plantation and everything. Four generations later, we were destitute. 
Most of our men died in the Civil War, etc. My my uh, great grandpappy, he ended up working on a, in a field, blah blah blah. And we've built a family back up. We're doing. Are those people off the hook for reparations or whatever? And obviously, that becomes completely unworkable. It's too complicated. Unless you believe in critical race theory, in which all white people are benefiting from systemic racism. Right. At which point, it becomes specifically and inarguably a tax on light-colored skin. And one more just little twist. Uh, Quite famously, the uh, Native Americans had slaves, black slaves, that they brought from Africa. Trail of Tears, they brought, which was a tragedy, they brought black slaves with them. So are we going to go onto the reservations and demand of the Indians reparations for the black people? Or what? Forget it. Just forget it. It's complex, Joe. I'd say. <laughs> They've uh, canceled a football game or postponed it. Steelers-Titans, this game uh, this week, rather, in Nashville, it will be delayed probably only until Monday or Tuesday. So they can make sure everybody ain't got the vid, but that's the first uh, the first stumble in the NFL season. And it ain't like baseball where you can make up double headers. An NFL double an NFL double header be something to watch. That's because they're soft. Just that, hydrate. That, Why don't you put a skirt on the quarterback? Hydrate. That eighth quarter of the day would be something to watch. Gut it out. People dragging their bloody limbs up and down. Oh, oh what? Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. And a woman on the beach in California got crushed by a tractor yesterday. That's what? a rough story. That's a rough one. Wow, that's that's insane. I mean, sharks, yes. Rogue waves, yes. She appeared to be sleeping on Oceanside Harbor Beach around 10 a.m. Oh. When oh. Uh, the tractors used to move dredge pipes to an equipment area just ran her over. Oh, oh boy. That's rough. Yikes. It's yeah. a shame. Yeah. Sleeping on the beach at 10 a.m.? You'd think you'd be safe. Uh, ben Franklin would suggest that, you know, it's not that great an idea. What are you sleeping on a beach at 10 a.m.? I'm not, not allowed her. to snooze on the beach. Taking a nap. What are you? Oh, it's beautiful. It's relaxing. What's nicer than it's that? It's a tractor right of way. No, it's terrible. It's a tragedy, obviously. it's a, Yeah, I, I have a feeling the tractor operator didn't oh, expect to see anybody no, uh, no, no, yeah, no, sleeping no. on the beach and is probably uh, heartbroken. Yeah, I'm sure. Terrible. Thanks for bringing that to us, Jack. What's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, hey, uh, breaking news, breaking news on the NFL. Uh, the Steelers-Titans game is postponed until later this season. They're going to play a doubleheader, as we've been discussing. I'm watching a doubleheader. I don't watch much NFL, but first doubleheader I would watch. I'm starting at the halftime of the first game. That's when I'm starting watching. <laughs> As a, uh, a friend of mine put it to me when I told him, uh, he asked uh, how my arm was doing. I said, well, it turns out I tore a tendon and some muscles and the rest of it. He said, rub some dirt on it and get back in there, <laughs> which is a great old-timey coach's expression. So in the halls of the Senate yesterday, you probably didn't hear much about this because we were all discussing the uh, debate debacle bait debacle debacle. Almost got it. 
Would you Debe- shut your, up, man. Listen, what do you, debacle? You're so close. <laughs> no, it's debacle. Okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. all we'll, right, we'll go with we that. We got there. All right. Uh, we were all discussing the debacle, and so uh, nobody was paying any attention. <laughs> he has nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> nobody was paying attention to the fact that the utterly dishonest James Comey was dragged in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee. He is a piece of work. And now that, you know, Devlin Baird of the Washington Post has got that book out about him, I mean, the left and the right is all in one. There's one thing we can agree on. The most troubled times ever, one thing we can agree on, we yes. all think... James Comey is a DB. Maybe that's what brings us back together a as a country. pretentious douche. Who, who, who heals our wounds. We can all come together. Me and Nancy Pelosi, hand in hand. I think he's an AH2. <laughs> Hillary, and, Hillary and Trump could honestly raise hands together. One thing we agree on, Hillary. Yes. That's right, Donald. James Comey is a pretentious douche. <laughs> anyway, so there he was on uh, Capitol Hill getting grilled, and we have some quote-unquote highlights. Let's begin with clip 40. You've got a letter now from Radcliffe saying that there was a... They intercepted information about an effort in July where Hillary Clinton approved a camp, uh, an effort to link Trump to Russia, the mob. I can't answer that. I've read Mr. Radcliffe's letter, which, frankly, I have trouble understanding. <laughs> Maybe somebody should read it to you slower. Uh, well, this is kind of a, a, a key moment, clip 41. It's sloppy... It's, I, I mean, I've run out of words. There's no indication that people were doing bad things on purpose, but that doesn't make it any less concerning and embarrassing. He is talking about the abuses of the FISA process, the dozens of mistakes, obfuscations, seemingly intentional uh, leavings out. But he, in, and he is a master of this, saying, listen, it's clear to me that no crimes were committed, nor really anything that can be pinned on me, but... I'm really ashamed of what happened, and I wish it had been better. And by golly, going forward, we will do better. So he's the, it's like a humble brag. It's a denial confession where he denies the stuff that would actually screw him up, but then makes a very contrite statement. So, yeah, no indication that people were doing bad things on purpose. Carter Page is a CIA source. I put down specifically that he's not one. But it wasn't intentional. Well, as Lindsey Graham uh, asked him at one point and said, knowing what you know now, would you have, uh, you know, asked you those warrants? And he said, no. Okay, well, what does that mean? You you did know a lot of what you know now. I mean, you had to know a lot of what you know now. I don't right. remember that. You're pretending you didn't. And then Ted Cruz, with, the, with the, the main point of it all, and this is always the main point with these things, there's only two choices. You're either doing this on purpose or you're incompetent. And as Ted Cruz said, I don't believe you're incompetent. Yes. <laughs> I mean, so yeah, you, I wish either, we had that you either did it on purpose or it's incompetent. If the FBI is as, as incompetent as they would have to be, well, then we need to blow up that organization and start from scratch because they're terrible. It's to like jump. in Casino where Robert De Niro is talking to the guy who was standing by the jackpot slot machine that it paid off two jackpots like within an hour. It's either, either you're in on it or you're too dumb to recognize that it was rigged. <laughs> either way, you got to go. <laughs> right. Clip 47, please. Uh, Play it! I don't have a 47. I have a 46. Whose fault is that? Let's see what that is. (laughs) Are there serious risks when someone with hundreds of millions of... Well, go ahead. This is Dick Durbin trying to continue the Russian collusion hoax. Are there serious risks when someone with hundreds of millions of dollars in debt, personal debt 
has access, as the president does, to all of the country's classified and sensitive information. It's a serious concern when anyone seeking or with a clearance has that kind of financial vulnerability. I don't know whether the Russians have something over President Trump, but it's difficult to explain his conduct, his statements in any other way. Yeah, that's rich. So James Comey, who's not willing to answer any questions about the FBI, either doesn't remember or can't imagine anybody doing anything wrong, is perfectly willing to speculate on a tiny bit of information about something giant that could be occurring. I'm willing to speculate on that. Sure, I'll, I'll just go ahead and throw out there that the president might be in the pocket of the Russians based on really nothing. It could be, though, but you're not willing to answer any of the questions on actual information. That's that's amazing. Bit of a tangent, but I was listening with interest to NPR's utterly dishonest coverage of the the New York Times uh, Trump's taxes story, in which they were describing how the president evaded taxes by writing off depreciation of these giant buildings. And some of them that he said depreciated had actually appreciated. But that's the way the tax law is. And he just followed the laws, but he paid as little tax as possible. And then like 10 seconds later, somebody said, so these buildings, they lost hundreds of millions of dollars in value. So the president had enormous debts. Ignoring what they just said, that it's a paper write-off like 10 seconds before. So Dick Durbin is willfully ignoring the realities of business once again, because the average low information voter has no concept of how tax law works and that sort of thing. But that's a tangent. We found the clip I wanted, Ted Cruz. Law enforcement should not be used as a political weapon. And that is the legacy you've left. Uh, I would agree. Uh, Back to Lindsey Graham, uh, grilling Comey uh, in 42, please. On a scale of 1 to 10, with 10 being the top of the line, Brate, how would you rank, rate the Crossfire hur- Hurricane investigation in terms of being done thoroughly by the book, an investigation the FBI should be proud of? I, I'm not sure I can apply a number scale, but I would say in the main it was done by the book, it was appropriate, and it was essential that it be done. Okay. So you're proud of it. Overall, I'm proud of the work. There are parts of it that are concerning, which I'm sure we'll talk about. But overall, I'm proud of the work. There you go. Uh, one more. Give me a 43. You're the director of the FBI. You didn't know that your own agency had information from the CIA verifying what Mr. Page told you, that these contacts had a basis, in fact, because he was working with the CIA. Did you know that Mr. Kleinsmith doctored the email for it to read that there was no association between Page and the CIA, that he changed there was to there was not. How do you feel about that? I know nothing about Mr. Kleinsmith other than what I've read in the Well, how do you feel in general about an FBI lawyer doctoring information exculpatory to somebody being surveilled? Any false statement in the course of an investigation is deeply... But you didn't know anything about that, okay? Uh... Evidence is not proof, but I find it extremely difficult to believe that a lot of these people who were a, a step or two below James Comey in the FBI thought, you know what, my career will be over if I'm caught, but I'm going to make fundamental changes to this incredibly sensitive investigation. Because I personally right. am so interested right. in doing the wrong thing yeah. to try to get Trump. If I'm found out, 
I will lose my career. I will probably lose my pension, and I will probably be prosecuted, as Klein Smith was. But I'm going to go ahead and do that, even though nobody above me has any idea I'm doing these things. It's not impossible, but it's a stretch. Yeah, well, I've got the most cynical view of this, and I can't prove it, but I think that you know, if a group of FBI agents think, I wonder about that guy, they figure out a way to spy on you. Yeah. And they just do, and they do whatever they got to do. And they feel like, we can be trusted to do this, because we're good people, and I'm sure most of them are. Uh, we're good people. We can be trusted to you know mess with... you know various uh, fundamental rights under the Constitution yeah. uh, to spy on people, because we're not going to abuse that information if we find it. If we just hear you, you know, uh, talking about having an affair or whatever, and it's not germane to Russian, inter- we won't do anything with it. We're good people. Sure. So we hear some private stuff. It's no big deal. On the I mean, other hand, if that's, you're... That's, I, I fully believe to my bones they do that all the time. If your lover mentions once that St. Petersburg is beautiful at Christmas, well, then we'll get a FISA letter. Um, and then some of them, like Strzok and his girlfriend, actively hated the idea of Trump being president, so right. they had they had a different interest in it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and also, if you study the history of the FBI, the 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 wavering, more like veering between caution and reckless abandon. It's like a sine wave. It goes way up. It goes way down. Then it corrects itself. It goes way up, way down. Um, and I just think. The Trump transition team or the Trump campaign got uh, caught at a point of hubristic, reckless abandon on the part of the FBI. I will believe that to my dying day. <laughs> God help you as just a regular private citizen, though, if you ever end up on the wrong end of one or of these. Or as a hero like General Flynn. Please, a perjury trap would get anybody, anybody, if it's done correctly. Um, how many movies have people watched during COVID? Eleven. How, how often do Next kids? Next question. How often do kids say I'm bored? Twice a day. Among go other, on. <laughs> it's among, a lightning round. <laughs> <laughs> among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Unmistakable voice of Cartman from South Park. I really liked his. I hate musicals. I mean, I hate the style of musicals. Hate it. But that was a good mocking of them. Yes. Well, the, the, no one is outside. <laughs> Just that overly dramatic. Tra- nobody acts like oh, that in real life I way know, of talking. I know. Trey Parker and Matt Stone have written Tony Award winning well, musicals. True. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. They know the the uh, the genre. Oh, I hate that so much. Oh, you know, what, it's more, funny you either love that or hate it. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, 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 it makes it, my skin crawl. Yeah, it yeah. actually like makes me, ooh, like there's spiders on me or something. Yeah. Ah. For, for me, it's the call and response stuff, right? No one did, uh, I can do whatever I want. For I don't have to shower. For what? Right? <laughs> the, the background people oh, yeah. like, yeah. the little call and response <laughs> stuff in the musical. I hate it's, those. It's but a, what should we do next? Let's go outside. Yeah. <laughs> it's a girl guy <laughs> thing. 
I don't. I don't know what it is. It's genetic. It's like having ovaries. Just don't question it. Uh, unless you're a gay fella, God bless you. Uh, just one more note from the Comey thing. Maybe we'll play it next hour if you get the award-winning fourth hour of the Armstrong and Getty Show. If not, grab it via the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. But we have a. Uh, a minute-long montage of James Comey saying he doesn't recall things, including things anyone would recall. So he was clearly dodging. We'll play that next hour. So you got kids? You got shorties around? The average American parent has heard their child announce, I'm bored, six times per day since the beginning of quarantine, according to new research. This is mm. actual research. Yeah. Um, 2,000 parents of school-aged children. This is the stuff that... This is bad, but I'm happy to see so many parents are doing it because it makes me feel less bad. Uh, 84% of parents say they've allowed their child to have more screen time than usual during quarantine. So I'm glad I'm not the only one. Uh, one of Sam's best friends has uh, got his own YouTube channel now and uh, posts videos. So Uh-oh. my kids are really jealous of doing that, and i got to look into how to friggin' do that. Well, you modern parents, you're soft. You know, I remember when school was out for like two weeks when my kids were small, I set up an assembly line. The childhood of the 1840s is good enough for the children of today. If it was good enough for Charles Dickens, today's kids can handle it. We manufactured some fine boots using some questionable materials we got from China. But the kids were fine, more or less. Henry made a hella fort yesterday. Mm. Uh, the cushions and uh, blankets and stuff like that, and slept in it last night. Slept all night long in his fort. Oh, what could be better than sleeping in your own fort, <clears throat> fort of your own making? Safe from the Indians or the Normans or the Visigoths or, <laughs> or whatever in your mind. Whatever. Something Minecrafty, probably. Yes. Um, the red eyed hogs. Is that what it is? I don't know. I don't know. They got zombies and stuff. Oh, like that. Yeah. Eight in ten parents say their child has morphed into a bit of a screen zombie, in quotes. Uh, and are concerned about getting their kids back to uh, normal. Yeah, well, yeah, I agree. Have them assemble iPhones. You combine that with where you live might be too smoky to go outside even if you wanted to, and it's really quite a deal. Well, there's that. The average Ugh. the average American watched at least 20 movies this summer, a study says. Uh, over half of respondents, these are adults now, said they streamed more than they would have in a normal summer due to stay-at-home restrictions, obviously. Not a surprise to anybody. You're not going to a restaurant. It's more likely you're going to stay home and watch a movie, I suppose. Movie tradesman. Or go to a ball game or friggin' anything else, I guess. Well, yeah, that's it. It's not the stay-at-home restrictions per se. It's that everything else I would have done isn't there. Yeah, yeah. Which I realize is kind of a distinction without a difference. But The average person has watched 20 Ain't movies. nobody making me stay home is what this I'm saying. can't be true. What? Who, who did this survey? The average person has watched 20 movies in the past two months. Mm. Somebody had to watch one every third day. I could believe that on average. I haven't seen 20 movies in the last 10 years. Well, so. You got young kids. I remember making this statement once, and this was in roughly the year 2010. I haven't been bored since 1988. Now yeah. I'm bored occasionally. Yeah, it's not a problem I have. Um, oh, I know it. I look forward to it someday. <laughs> nah. No, you don't. You'll, you'll miss this point. <laughs> Oh, I know, I know, yeah. I know that every day. I know that every yeah. single day. Yeah. Um, yeah, waking up, living to your... a life of purpose. Sure, is the way to satisfy your soul. No doubt. Do you I... know what my purpose is these days? Mm. Me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
mean, coming in here and doing this, which yeah. I enjoy a great That's deal. It's not the same thing. No, it's it's my job. It's work. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm looking for a purpose. No, waking up to uh, my eight-year-old sleeping in his fort in the living room, friggin' awesome. Yeah. Seeing that he slept there all night long. Yeah. It's just I awesome. wake up to my dog farting. Great. <laughs> you eat the same thing every day. Today, you're you're like the Hindenburg. What's going on? <laughs> oh, the humanity. What happened? Oh, my God. It's insufferable in here. Open the windows. Never mind that. Take out a couple of walls. So my, I need fresh air. So I An pick, aggressive scent. Right. So I pick up my fifth grader at school yesterday. I still haven't nailed down the all the different rules for picking up your kid from school. For some reason, I haven't grasped now, the ball Are yet. these, Dad, you're embarrassing me rules, or are these rules from the school? Rules and, from the school. Okay, okay. And it always reminds me of Michael Keaton in... Uh, What's the movie where he ends up taking care of his kids because he loses Mr. his job? Mr. Mom. From the 80s. Yeah, oh, Mr. Mom. Yeah. And Mr. Mom, where he's trying to figure this out because now he's taking his kids to school and stuff like that and picking them up, and they're all yelling at me, you're doing it wrong! That's kind of the way it is for me. But anyway, I picked up my son from school, and he gets in the car, and I said, would you shut up, man? And he said, everybody at school was saying that today. He said, every kid in school. And I thought, wow, what a weird time we're in. When I was a when I was a 10-year-old, everybody wasn't quoting last night's presidential debate on the playground. Are you going to listen to this clown? I mean, <laughs> person. Shut, shut up, man. Listen. <laughs> Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty.